Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and today I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. What is up, bro? Hey, not too much, Brad. You know, just living it up here. Excited to uh, talk about some madness here coming to Arena shortly. This should be it should be an interesting episode. That is right. Um, jump Shark. I mean, Jump Start Historic Horizons. <laughs> Wait, we're uh, getting Shark Typhoon? Thank God. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, we're getting more shark shark related activities. Actually, we are one of the the, the rare five for the counter stuff is coming out. But yeah, yes. so count jumpstart historic horizons is coming out next week on on arena. And I thought, you know, it's probably best we actually talk about the set because we haven't yet on the podcast before, you know, preview season starts for the next set, which could be any day now. Yeah, I think that's next uh-huh. week already. So, yeah, we we, yeah, we, so we've we got to do a preview <laughs> show every single week. Otherwise, you know, we, we miss our opportunity to preview the set. Oh, uh, well, I'm you know, last, last last week we tried to get our special guest on the show and he wasn't available. So um, hopefully this week we can. So, uh, uh, you know, without further ado, Mr. Brian Brown doing. You've reached the voice mailbox of Brian Brown doing. I'm not available oh, oh right my now. God, again, a message. I will not get back to you. This mailbox <laughs> no, <I> is full. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, Brian. Well, this Hello, mailbox Brian. is full. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Brian, you can't just get out of every single episode. You got to come to work sometimes. Oh, is that how that is? It okay. is. Yes. Learning yeah, things no, we, every day. <laughs> I definitely want. I definitely want to talk about your vacation and see how it was. Uh, but I wanted you to be a part of this conversation that Core was starting because I was just thinking about it. We took a little break before we did our uh, after we did our pre-show for the show, um, and I was thinking it's like in the last year of of episodes. How many were preview and ban episodes and how many were actual magic episodes? <laughs> yeah, no like, kidding. Bans or, or took like up a OP lot of announcements. <laughs> like, like I started to realize because I listen to a lot of other podcasts, too, and they're, they're the same as us. Like, in fact, like constructive resources, it's like 50 50 if we're on the same topic each week. Yeah. And like they're all the same, too. They have their ban episodes. They have their OP episodes and they have their their preview season episodes. And I'm like. That's actually most of them. <laughs> Pretty much, especially that, with, that, you know, having to ban a card basically every other week uh, there for a solid stretch in 2020. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, no wonder it's getting exhausting. I get it. Like, it's just like <laughs> the same like topics that should be big ones, but they're happening all the time. Yeah, um, it, it's so this is how I, I, I am as a magic player. And I, I imagine that a lot of magic players are like this, too is is like i you know i want to have i want to always be ahead of the curve you know like i want to um or at least when i was playing more i did like i I wanted to um you know be on playing like the cutting edge decks i wanted to like always be up to date with whatever formats were relevant for any tournaments and stuff like that and doing that has just become increasingly harder and harder and harder like over the last few years with them just releasing so many sets all the time and it's like yeah maybe this new random set only like three cards affect this format but it still changes a lot you know it's like i don't know i i feel like it's it's overwhelming 
Like, I feel like if you're a casual magic player, it's probably not that bad because you pick you and choose pick, what you want to dive in. Yeah, yeah you, you pick and choose. You're like, OK, I have my my obs commander deck and it's like I see this cool new black white card from this new set. I'll get that card and I don't care about the rest or, you know, like whatever yeah. like that. You know, you, you can kind of pick and choose. But if you're like somebody who's trying to like do everything competitive with magic, like it, there's just constant there's always something you have to be doing to, otherwise you're falling behind you never really get that like reprieve where it's like i can chill for two weeks and come back and everything's the same i don't know it, maybe i'm wrong about that but that's kind of how no, i know like i i'm actually I, I i had a tweet that said that in a very small amount because it's a tweet mm. but no i'm i'm fully with you on that i actually think that like most casual players interact with X amount of products, maybe not even by choice. They just roll in and they're like, what's magic doing these days? And they'll see something they'll you know, they'll pick up something. And, and then I, I, I spent some time thinking about it a while back. Like when I was really trying to like, when I had the existential crisis, that's like, Oh, being a pro magic player, isn't this thing that's going to constantly get better. It's actually just potentially dying. Um, I thought about it. It's like, What's better for a company, a thousand people that that spend ten dollars on the game or ten people that spend a thousand dollars on the game? And it's probably the thousand people because that just has a chance of getting more people involved in the game and yeah, um, and, and stuff like that. And so, like, yeah, they're, they're they're throwing a bunch of products out there. They're making things a little more casual friendly. They're making things more tangible for those marketplaces and. They're not trying to keep climbing up this competitive hill because like COVID showed us, it, it might not be necessary. They also get to exploit whales by doing that, too. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is, I, I think, a little bit unethical, but I don't know. I don't I don't know if I would want to get into that. But. Oh, yes. Let's please get into the ethics of capitalism. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. What are we talking about? Jumpstart historic? No, we're going to talk about. There's no ethical consumption under capitalism instead. And <laughs> oh, can, can, we can, can we can I can I change that late stage capitalism? Yeah, yeah. We got we actually have a second. I actually brought my own special guest. We have Ross Merriam also coming in. <laughs> I was gonna He's say gonna Ross's ears the, were tingling if uh, someone says something like that. That's for sure. Yeah, he'll provide the <laughs> the uh, communist perspective. Well, I look so I'm like lately our viewership has been kind of going up. I don't. I don't know if we want to tank it. I don't know if we want to jump the shark there. Tank, tanky is that what you're about to say? Yeah, tank, <laughs> tank it, <laughs> tank it by just going full capital communism on the podcast. Yeah, maybe not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, not yet. Not maybe, yet. Maybe I mean, in another three months or something. I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely go scorch earth. You know, eventually. Hey, <laughs> oh. I, you know, I've, I've been feeling the same way with World of Warcraft kind of, too. And that, that was like what actually made me think down that line, which I guess you, you also were on the same page, Brad. But it's like uh, I like with World of Warcraft, it's like I want to enjoy the things I enjoy about the game. But to do so, you have to grind all these other things that are maybe less enjoyable and such a time sink. And it's like. I kind of. You know, and it's like, well, I could just play more casually and skip those things and just only do the thing, the parts that I enjoy. But then I will be a lot worse at the parts that I enjoy doing because I won't have like the 
added value I get from those other things. And for me, it's hard for me to do that. Like I, I like to like what's called min max, you know, like I like to take every opportunity I can to perform at the highest level I possibly can. And that involves having to do all those other things, which is very similar to magic. And it's like, I don't know. I, I, I wish that I had the capability to just enjoy playing on a more casual level, but I just, I don't. So at this point, it's like, I was- I don't know. It's, it's it's just a lot, and Magic feels the same way too. So, speaking of Ben Maxing, we do have a new sponsor to the podcast. Ooh, yeah, it is Cargo Shorts. Hey. Do you at home <laughs> <laughs> still enjoy comfort and utility? Buy Cargo Shorts today. You can also uh, you can fit a lot of Diet Pepsi's into the pockets of Cargo Shorts. Yeah, we never have them we, for the casting crew. Still didn't get them. Okay. Oh, yeah, no. brutal, brutal. Mm. But no, so so it, we all had a pretty interesting week. Corey, you you just finally settled into your new home. Yeah, I'm settled. You know, I got everything. You got uh, your desk. Yeah, I got everything set up. You know, we got uh, we got our TV. We got our couches installed, and now it's just you know putting stuff away in boxes. And then we you then sold we got your home. summer home. Yep, we sold our <laughs> summer home. I now live in just one home, so that's uh, much less stressful than than trying to clean one and you know set up the other. So yeah, it's been nice. I got one question though, Corey. How do you install a couch? How do you install a couch? Yeah, yeah. well, to, to to be fair, we just bought the couch with the house. We had that installed in, or we had that with uh, the contract in the first place. So yeah, install the TV is what I meant to say. Okay. They got a big ass TV. Yeah, it's not bad. It's like, not I, bad. I was like, do you have like a smart couch or something? Like what? Yeah, Is this yeah. technology I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, it wears cargo shorts and gives you Diet Pepsis on command. Exactly. That's, that's the dream. That's the that's dream. That's the height, height, <laughs> height of intelligence right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and Brian, you were on vacation for all last week? I was, yes. I went I went uh, to meet my girlfriend's family for the first time by spending a full week with them in, in a house. So it was, Wait, this is the first time you met them? Yes. Yeah. Nothing could go oh, wrong damn. there, huh? If you meet for a full week. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing <laughs> could go wrong. No, I think it. Went, I think it went well. I think it was. It was fun. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I you're never invited for, back, but you know, right. still a good time. Yeah. yeah. I was told never show your face again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, Brian. That's ever, what we told you on the podcast. I think you're mixing up your not, emails. Not only are you. <laughs> I still got something in the mail. Uh, says restraining restraining something i i don't i don't i don't get it but yeah yeah you were told not only are you not good enough for our daughter but you're not good enough as a human being in our society <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> so they went easy on you huh not bad not bad yeah they were like we don't want you to think that we only think that you're wrong for our daughter we want you to think that <laughs> you are wrong period like <laughs> in general like <laughs> wow we don't oh, want you the, any confusion to be had here. <laughs> well, I'm glad oh, you God. had fun, uh, Dizzle. Mm. Yeah, I was pretty jealous of the one night where you're like, oh, this is my view, and now I'm going to go hot tubbing. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm just sitting in this tiny room, pounding away. Yeah, it was it was a nice break. Like, it's the first time I've really done anything like that in, since COVID. So, How was the know, was internet really nice. connection for your WoW campaigns? Oh, uh, the internet connection was was horrifically bad there. Oh, so. okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so no wowing? 
No, I, I I like I brought my laptop in case I wanted to log in, and I just I never did. So, well, was it because of the internet, or was it because you didn't want to log in? It was both. It was both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was because it was both. Nice restraint. Was, nice restraint. Yeah. Okay, so we've got. We've got a lot of word vomit coming and a lot of convolutedness because Jumpstart Historic Horizons is is much like historic. It's very difficult to explain and sift through. Um, so I'm going to do my best. Jumpstart was a set that came out uh, a while back and it was very successful on Magic Online. And so they did it again. Arena or Magic right? Arena. Yeah. yeah, it was. Well, it came to Magic Arena, but it was a live product. So this one now is just the arena only product. And not only is there like it's dumping like almost 800 cards into the system. Some of them are reprints that are already on arena. Some of them are from Modern Horizons 1 and Modern Horizons 2. And some are brand new cards. Um, and I bet a lot of you already know about this. But if you don't, there's three new abilities that are arena only. These are abilities that you could never really do in live tournaments um because of how they work and i'll just go through them real quick one of them is seek which is powerful tutors grab a random card from your deck that matches specific criteria no shuffling and no time spent looking at options it just grabs a card that works out of your deck and the game keeps moving so effectively a card could say seek an elf uh and which means it'll grab a random elf out of your deck i think it shuffles um i'm pretty sure but that's what happens and it puts it in your hand if it says seek a two CMC card, it'll just grab a random two CMC card from your, I guess, mana value card from your deck and put it in your hand. Then there's perpetually, perpetually, perpetually. Jesus, edit that, Jonathan. That's that's. <laughs> I was thinking perpetuity, and I was stuck on that. Edit it, God. Oh God, that's uh, permanence change the characters characteristics of a card, no matter where it goes afterwards. Taking advantage of MTG Arena's ability to alter cards, no matter where they are during gameplay, powerful benefits and unique changes add str strategies found nowhere else in Magic. Ignore this powerful because they didn't make any of them powerful. Most of them are like a, like a death touch 1-1 one, one for black that comes to play and gives a card in your hand death touch. I think so. I was hoping for the... So, I, some of them I think could be okay. Some of them are cool, like the ones that put charge counters on all their copies. So they just deal more damage as it goes. I was hoping once I saw the keywords, I was hoping that like there was a flash creature because that would be cool. Giving a, a card flash, a creature that has flash that normally doesn't would be really cool. There were some there were some um, cards. There was like a white card that was like uh, this creature perpetually has power zero. Um, you know, so which is kind of nice against like Arclight Phoenix or Scrounger instead of actually killing these cards, they just will not hurt you. Um, so there's there's some cool stuff like that. Oh, yeah, there's a lot you can do with this. Like, yeah, there, there's just a ton. Uh, there's one of them that's just like says this creature doesn't untap during its untap step. It's pretty much all these cards that are have to be enchantments because of how magic works now mm -hmm. don't have to be. And we all know that enchantments aren't the most powerful. Yeah, and they can be phased uh, out. You know, they can be destroyed. So it's usually well, not yeah. great to play like Oblivion Ring-like effects anymore. Um, but this is a way to make those a little bit better and a little bit more playable. Yeah, it's but yeah, you you blink your own creature, it falls off, but now mm -hmm. it always is going to have this. So it is cool, and 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 I bet it actually creates a, a very unique way to design cards. And last we got Conjure, which just creates cards out of thin air. If you conjure mm -hmm. a card, it's just 
random and a lot of cards create things in this set and put them into your hand like ponders and I think lightning bolts and tropical islands and dark rituals. And yeah, it, it's pretty wild. It's, just, it's, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so these three abilities are coming out in a lot of the cards. And when, when, when I first heard about the set, I was like, I think, I think historic is going to get it flipped on its head and it might still, but after seeing the spoiler, I I'm pretty happy with what they're bringing. There's a lot of cool cards that we can talk about, but there's not a lot of like the busted stuff. None of the Regavans and the Hogax, but more of a lot of the like, role like kind of the role players and not the cards that decks are designed around yeah was it thankfully dragon dragon rage channeler one of the cards isn't that yeah Yeah. dragon rage channeler is one of the cards but um and and unholy heat uh both of those uh are are in here yeah but like those will be powerful but it's really interesting because i was always wondering you know, how Dragon Rage Channeler and Unholy Heat would do without Bobble. And, you know, even even Murktide Region, I don't think that one's in here, but those kind of cards have always just been amplified in modern by Bobble. And I think, you know, if one card could go in modern, it would be Bobble. It just enables all these cards. I wonder how good these cards are going to be without it. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Like, I think Unholy Heat is better than Dragon Rage Channeler will be in Historic just because... Yeah. That level of impact for removal spell is like super powerful. It's also weird that like a card like Unholy Heat was designed for modern, like literally designed. We did it. We were there. We were designing it for modern. <laughs> and then a year later, they're like, yeah, I'll throw it in historic. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> historic is just like magic's trash can. <laughs> and you just create a format out of it. I swear. Because like, some of this stuff makes no sense to me why, you know, we just got done with like weeks of people talking about why Brainstorm should be in Historic. It's like, yeah, you know, but. I but love it's, the it's, fact it's, that it's just an amalgamation of garbage. It's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's hilarious. It's a weird format. It's getting so big so fast, though. Yeah, it is. They, like really- when, when we started playing Historic, it was just. The sets on arena that rotated, it was just, it was there to help make sure that when you got into arena and cards rotated that you had, they had somewhere to go. And, and now it's like, there's like been eight releases in the last 12 months for historic. It, it is a little sad that some of those sets, I, I, part of the reason for historic, at least I, I don't know if this is their reasoning for making the format, but I would think it was, is like people had all these cards from sets that rotate out of standard on arena and they just can't play them in any format and they're just like you know everyone's sad that they just have tons of rares and mythics of sets that are worthless and it's like all right now you have a format where you can play those cards but now it's kind of turning into a format where you still can't play those cards because there's brainstorm now and like you know like all these cards are just massively outclassed like Ixalan rares. So, oh, did you miss Brainstorm got banned? I, I know, I know. Uh, yeah, oh, I was okay, gonna okay. say, I know I you're like, on vacation you for a while. It. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I know that, but I, I'm just saying, like, you know, the power level of some of the stuff that they're inserting into this format is kind of invalidating a lot of the cards that were 
presumably the reason that the format was even made in the first place. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely transformed as of now. The one thing I do love about this direction is just the fact that it, they're opening the door to be able to, you know, it, create a new space of design and to be able to nerf cards instead of banning them. And, you know, in, in an all digital format, that is kind of cool. And it, it's something you can actually do is just make a card worse, you know, make Oko cost four instead of three on the fly instead of having to deal with it for three months instead. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. If they go further they, than they, this, if they go down that path, that's interesting, but yeah. they already kind of have that built in Corey. They have suspend suspend. Yeah. They just suspend their cards. They don't have to give the wild cards back and they just put it. Oh, in yes. Out. OK, OK. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just they just have suspend. Fair enough. Um, no, I, 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 I do like that. And I hope that that happens. But the problem, the problem that I have for that is historic to me is starting to feel a lot like legacy in like how much their TLC, the format's getting. But it's more feeling like a cash cow. Um, it's just this place where people are playing and you buy all these cards and you can do all this stuff in it, you know, and but like, you know, the, the format has been wildly just chaotic for the last year or so now. Oh, yeah. The the constant it's, game we get to play of what's in historic has not gotten old yet because it's always it's always something new. Yeah, and 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 it's kind of like the. I mean, what I love about historic is also what frustrates me when I have to test for competitive things because when you play on the ladder, you just you don't play against like the what you play against in tournaments. Yeah, uh, which is totally fine because people are just playing with what they want to play, and that's that's what it should be. That's what Magic really should be, especially a format like this. Um, but yeah, at the at the top tables, at the competitiveness of this stuff. Yeah, like, I don't know, 20% of the cards are playable. Like, most of them oh, are yeah. just so... So... Like, Nissa's not good anymore. <laughs> and Nissa dominated the format, like, seven months ago. Yep. Remember remember Goblins? Remember when Goblins was like, this? it must be banned. Goblins must be banned. <laughs> it was so absurdly dominant in that format. And then, like, three weeks later, a couple months later, it's like... It's like maybe a tier two deck. I, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah, when you lose to it, you kind of get mad. You're like, ah, I got cheesed out again. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Uh, I wonder how much this is gonna change. You know, it seems like like Jeskai Control still one of the better decks. Arclight Phoenix still one of the better decks. Like how much this is really going to affect that? And yeah, you'll have to figure that out, bro. When you got the MPL Gauntlet uh, to test for. Oh God, yeah. So this set comes out exactly in a week. It comes out on the twelfth. I believe. And yep. Yeah, and then I've got uh, how much time do I have? Let me just look at the calendar. So I'll have until the thirtieth, so or the 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 twenty ninth. So I'll have a good two and a half weeks to unpack all of this. Um, but yeah, so let's like actually start talking Sounds about like what you need to get a jump start on that. Oh, oh segway, <laughs> segway into our second sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> Fishing hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not fishing, fish. Hearing hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, so let, let's let's start talking about let's just go in a circle and talk about the cards that we're most excited about. I'll and each of us will pick one at a time. And I think I think the card that I'm most excited about is Season Pyromancer because it just feels like the type of card that 
might actually have an impact on this format. Yeah. Like it's it's just so powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you can't play with, with Flora, so who knows what happens there? And I think R- Rakdos Arcanist is also a deck that got a huge upgrade just in the fact that people can't brainstorm into their thought seizes. And so I think that deck could come back, but something there, you know, a Rakdos deck with Season Pyromancer does sound good. Um, it enables Delirium if you need Dragon Rage. It, it fuels your um, Kroxas. Like, it can also be part of an engine for, like, a graveyard-based deck. Like, Unbarrel Rights is still in this format, so some Fright-style deck might exist as well. Um, I just think that that's one of the most powerful cards to come out of out of this set. Yeah, that card is extremely powerful and just super fun to play with. I've always been a pretty big fan of that card. Yeah, and I also just really like that when it comes into play, it's it's got a great effect. And but when it like the exile is just when things are attritioned. And truth be told, that doesn't really happen that much in historic. Mm-hmm. Historic's pretty like, fast. Things do not attrition out. Yeah, you yeah, go way over just, the top of everything, and yeah, yeah, or just very velocity driven. It always mm-hmm. feels like like. It just doesn't feel like putting two one ones into play is going to have much of an impact on a game. Yeah, I think the card that'll have the biggest impact is just Archmage's Charm. I think it it already slides into quite a few decks, um, and just as a, as a good counter spell and just very versatile, draw some cards so it's not dead. Um, you know, in certain matchups, it, it's just it's just never going to be dead. So I, I I think that card is probably going to be the best since blue is already the best color. It's um, tough. To, it's but, tough to yeah. cast, though, right? Not really. Like every Jeskai deck is blue, white lands, blue, red lands. You know, you just cut the sacred foundries. Um, you know, for for other other lands and like the Dragonstorm deck, those style of blue splash another color decks get to play them. Arclight Phoenix probably not because you know you have to have that density of one amount of spells. But yeah, I I, I don't know. We'll see, but. I would think that's I mean, finally in. we have an answer to Death Shadow. Yeah, yeah. It was running rampant. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go with Priest of Fell Rights. Oh, that that's your bay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love that card. I, I, I think that uh I, I don't I don't expect it to be good. Like I, I'm not expecting it well, I mean maybe the card itself will be good, but I'm not expecting like, you know, all of a sudden there'll be a reanimator deck that's tier one or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, Unburial Rights already in the format. Um I don't know. I would like to mess around with that. Yeah. I also think Esper, I mean, that, Esper Sentinel or yeah, Esper Sentinel has a place too. I mean, there's all these kind of white hate t- hate style creatures, you know, with Thalia, you know, uh, Skyclave Apparition. I could see there being like a white taxes kind of deck um, I mean, with Restoration that. Angels. No joke either. Like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Restoration Angel also hiding behind like Coco, like I always mm-hmm. liked decks that just had like one restoration angel in them. Yeah. Um, just because like it just shakes up the play pattern. So I think restoration angel probably will see some play. Yeah. Every time you draw uh, that one restoration angel, you always get your opponent with it. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that could be a spicy one. But then you start to play like, oh, I always get them with the restoration angel. Let me put two copies in or three mm-hmm. copies. And then it starts being bad. Yeah, And then you start like, whiffing mm-hmm. off collected companies. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Getting stuck with like. <laughs> two restoration angels and three cocos and you can't hit your fourth land drop <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah an- another card that i used to love i mean i top it at a pro tour with it was goblin dark dwellers 
I don't think it's going to be good. I do think I'm going to lose a lot of games with it in my hand trying to make it work. Yeah, I don't even know what right. I'm going to try to do with it. Um, but one thing that I, I thought was really funny is it works with Neoform. So if you have a Neoform in your graveyard, you can cast it and immediately go get Muxus. I don't know if it's worth turning Mono Red Goblins into Teamer Goblins. <laughs> but if you just ever have a four drop in a Neoform, you got a Muxus. Yes, I'm in. It's probably a better six drop you could get. It's too bad that you, uh, that um, Boros creature cost seven mana, right? Oh, Volor or whatever. Yeah, Valamakas. Well, ta- yeah, yeah, but ta- but but I wouldn't even want a Goblin Dark Dwellers into that. We already have a great way to get to that card. <laughs> like that still exists. They just got rid of the time warps. It's got rid of what you want to do with it, but. Yeah, yeah, they got they got rid of the consistency engine of brainstorm and what you want to actually accomplish with it. But is there any six drop that does the same thing as dark dwellers? You could just go dark dwellers into that into you know. Well, it'll exile the neoform. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah, yeah. Dark dwellers will exile the card. Fair, fair. Yeah, so you can't just like combo because yeah, if if you could do that, you could just find a card that just like whatever the blink your permanent. Yeah, and then. Then hit like uh, you know one of those like nice sevens. But. Yeah, I wonder if Goblin Dark Dwellers like it. It couldn't be in that Neoform combo deck, right? Like returning Valakut mm-hmm. Awakenings and like Neoform just goes up, right? Like you can't Neoform. You can't Neoform. No, down, it only right? goes one up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, that card will oh, will no. be unplayable. But you know what? It'll be fun. Yeah, speaking of probably unplayable, but I want to try it as Bloodbraid Marauder because it's just like Jerry had Jerry Thompson had it as his top card from the set. Yeah. Uh right when the set came out. And because it objectively should be a good magic card. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, and maybe maybe that card is gonna be kind of busto in like even this I don't know, the sideboard of a Rakdos, a Rakdos deck, just being able to like cascade into a Dotsies, you know, like yeah, I I have no idea what you do with this card in historic, but it on its rate against control or combo, this card should be disgusting. And I've seen this card starting to pop up in modern a little bit, just you know, Ragavan Channeler style aggressive decks, and and it's starting to look pretty good. But this is another card that I'm like, okay, how good are these cards without Bobble? That's that extra type that you just get for free. And like, not only Bobble do we lose, but we don't have fetch lands to be putting lands into graveyard as easily. So I think all these delirium cards that people are hyping up are just going to be very close to playable at best. Like, I, I just do I mean, not see the like, impact. You're not, giving it, you're not giving it much credit because, like, I think two of the most popular decks are Faithless Looting decks in the format right now, and the format's not as fast as modern. Yeah. So, yeah. like, like if you, you can Faithless Looting and then play another spell, and you have delirium for turn three. Yeah, I think um, I think Faithless Looting, you know, Blood Braid Marauder, Dragon Rage Channeler, that you know, like that 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 style of Arakdos stack, like there, there's something strong there. I don't yeah, know. there's probably something there. Or I even mean, Mono Red maybe, might yeah. might be better than Blood Braid Marauder if it's really tough to get. Uh, and we could, all, and, and we're all just sitting here, and people at home are probably like, you know, you know, we could just play Dreadheart Ar- Arcanist, right? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, exactly. Like we go, we're yeah. just reverse engineering a Rakdos Arcanus deck, but making it worse. <laughs> right. We're just. That, I mean, what, what is too. content like, without making decks worse? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that's all we do here. That's what new sets are for. New sets are for taking a deck that already works really well and being like, oh man, this new card will be awesome. This deck. These new cards will be awesome. This deck. And you play the deck with like you know twelve new cards in it, and then it's eight new cards in it. And then it's four new cards in it, and then suddenly it's just the, the same deck that you were playing before. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that, I, I, I read a Reddit post, and I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, they just built a mono red best of one deck. Uh, it, it's garbage. You know, it's not even a good build of mono red. And I think it was, I think it's in historic. And they were playing in the ranked queues with the rule that they would play every the first castable card to the left in their hand oh, yeah, every time this. and then whatever they top deck um and they would just all out attack all of this right so they built the deck to do this kind of stuff whatever that card is that whenever your one ones attack you deal damage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The um, enchantment, yeah yeah and they got to mythic it took it took like 460 games or something but they got to mythic impressive <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I, yeah, I, I love that as well. like you like uh at enough games played like i mean you can get to mythic with like a 45 percent win rate or something right or like but this person was effectively playing their cards at random and still got there and i think it's, it's i think it's what it's saying is there's some kind of algorithm that makes it so when you lose a lot therefore you are you know getting favored in some way i think that was the whole controversy around yeah, yeah. yes that's what it is so so at the beginning of a season brian if you want easier opponents right what they're, you, what they're you starting get to, to think you get to like you just, platinum four and then you lose like 700 matches in a row and then yes you yeah you just can that and it it screws up your internal rating or whatever right like that's yeah. how it works. Yeah. yeah and then and then you just start playing against people with similar records or less like card quality and yeah just just a lot of this weird stuff so i i don't exactly know what's going on i just jam but even without um, you just jam from left to right <laughs> even if it was even if like that didn't exist you could still get to mythic with a with i don't know what the low end of the threshold is but you can still get to mythic with a losing record because those um like stop gaps exist basically yeah i actually did that once i got i got through diamond with 12 wins solely because two of my losses were right when i jumped up like i went 12 and 2 and got to mythic uh, just because both of my losses were when I had my stopgap stops when I like went from Q three to two and then lost and then won three in a row. Yeah, like you know, like let's say your win percentage is forty five percent and you you get to diamond and you know you're going to spend a lot of time below the forty five percent threshold of diamond or like you're going to spend a lot of time at diamond four basically. Like you're yeah. going to be diamond four most of the time that you're playing, but if you do play enough games you'll eventually hit some streak where you're winning, you know, 53% of the time long enough to get to mythic, you know? So I don't know. It's yeah. I, I'm not. Surprised oh yeah. This is can, uh, this. Oh yeah. The, all, the whole system is not like, that's the problem with mythic. And that's what, I mean, I never say anything because people are proud of it, you know? Mm. And so I never want to like downplay anything, but mythic is, the mythic ladder is literally just there to to mess with our our psyche, right? Like it's just 
it's it's not actual true manipulation, but it's built kind of like a casino game. Like you have these stop gaps, you can rank up, you can feel good about things. I just picture and, Brad just going to random people's Twitter and they're just like, yeah, hit Mythic for the first time. And he was like, actually, that accomplishment is not valid because X, Y, and Z. And just well, but like, we're just we're proving it. Like, so the first person, the first person in rank one, if you win like 10 matches at rank one, if like like Rumty does this, Rumty will just when the new set comes out, grinds that day, gets number one, wins like 15 matches in a row or goes 15-1 or something on day one or two or whatever. And then no one can ever top them. The algorithm just doesn't allow it, The whatever it is. Like, like, and and I'm not, like, Rumty knows this. Rumty's a cool guy. I've been talking to him. I, I really like his deck list and all this stuff. And he knows what he's doing. What do you mean? He just likes, he likes being at number one. So it's like, it's an algorithm thing. So if you go 15-1 on like day one, uh, at number one, then number two has to go like 20 and oh, gotcha to jump past you. Yeah, I know. Uh, OK, that that makes a lot of sense because I like there was one season where I tr- I got number one and I won like I think I'd won like 19 matches in a row at number two and never and hadn't crossed to number one. And I finally got there and it was like I, I had like an obscene win rate at number two. And I, I finally got there, but it felt like almost insurmountable. Like, so I, I, I'm, I'm not the only one out there uh, that thinks this right. But like, every time I hear y'all say this shit, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever won fucking eight matches in a row on, on arena. <laughs> like some of you with your, like, I went 17 and one. I'm like, how? <laughs> I mean, that's just like, that's like sample size bias because Nobody posts, I went eight and five, you know, or nobody posts, like, I went eight and nine with a stack. It's great. You know, no, I'm but, just saying even <laughs> once, like, I remember when you were just, you were sitting in the living room and you were just yeah. were like 19-0 with Esper. And I'm like, I'm going like 60% with this deck. I feel mm-hmm. like this tournament's going to go poorly. <laughs> like, <laughs> But you did much better than I took second. Out. Yes, I took second. You yeah. And I punted sure. the finals. <laughs> Um, I could have won. Yeah, I mean that it's it's a rare thing. Like I I I think the only other time I had a win rate like that with any deck was Lantern Control. At one point, I was just like winning everything. But oh yeah, when you except 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 for that draw, man, that draw. <laughs> that, yeah, except for the one two and one league that I had. Yeah, it's always those really kind of obscure. It's always those obscure decks that you play that nobody has started playing yet. And it's just like, oh, nobody's prepared for it. So you get like two, three days of just annihilating people. Like, I think it was like right when Solta Ultimatum came out, you know, before people actually started playing it a lot in standard. I just played that deck to like a 20 and 0 record. And I'm like, oh, just nobody knows how to beat this deck at all right now. And they're just jamming the same creature decks against it. And I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. There was, yeah, there was actu- a week period where I was making $100 a day on Magic Online with Lantern Control. Nice. I could have been making more if I worked a job that paid $15 an hour, but <laughs> <laughs> that was the height of my dominance on Magic Online. Impressive. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The only time I ever got to number one, I was sick. And so I like slept for like 12 hours. At, at a weird time. So I woke up at a weird time. Um, and that was right when the season reset. And and so, like, I woke up at, like, 1130 a.m. or 12, right when the se- season reset. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to grind. And I was, it was right when the Golos deck came out, similar to Cor- Corey. 
like right when that the Golos ramp deck oh, came yeah. out that we all played at that tournament. That deck was disgusting the first week. Oh yeah. And I just grinded that for like 16 hours straight, even through the night. Like I just know like Amber was asleep and I got to, to mythic. I was one of the first people to mythic and I like won like eight matches at number one. And so I was there for a few days, but that was about it for me. Just, just, yeah. I only got, I've only ever been able to get number one if I get there in the first day. Yeah. I, I only did mm -hmm. it once as well. And that was with fires Yorian before the companion nerf before Jeskai Luka was around. And I just played it for like that E-League and six of that. And then just played that deck. Cause I was having so much fun cause nobody else was doing it and just destroying people playing like Jeskai fires and shit. I'm like, yep, ECD this, blink this, you know? Oh, that was, that was some happy times. Before, Those were some happy times. <laughs> Magic before the companion nerf. Yeah, simpler times. The greatest of times. Simpler yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So un unrelated to the actual cards in Jumpstart, um, I kind of want to talk about like the actual mechanics themselves. I don't know if you guys want to do that. Or well, is that oh, for sure. Okay. No, I mean, like, the, I, we don't have to go into each card. I was, I, there's a few cards that excite me, but there's literally just such an overload of content. Like, this is just a good time to say, like, Corey and I will be streaming a bunch of historic after they come out. So come watch our, our streams while we discover all this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I don't know what to actually say about these cards right now. I would much rather you talk about the mechanics. All right. I, I guess like my general thought is that I like the space that they went down. Like I, I like the um, online only type cards. Um, you know, I, I like them kind of exploring the fact that playing a digital card game gives you so many more options of like what you can do that are just not available in a paper card game. And I think pushing pushing that and and like making cards based off of that like just is is good for the game like i think it just makes it a better game um because you you have all the otherwise you just have all this design space that you just choose not to use and i don't know i think i i like that they're actually doing this um and i like some of the mechanics there like i i like the perpetually mechanic um i don't like the name of it really to be honest but uh, I, I like that there's that mechanic that, you know, changes cards uh, that are in different zones and, and things like that. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of design space there. They kind of like Brad was saying, they they really just did the basics like they didn't really go that far on it. But I, I, I really love that uh, car design because I think there's so much you can do there. And I think it alters the game in fun ways. Mm -hmm. Um. On the other hand, I don't like Conjure very much because I think it alters the game in less fun ways. Um, I don't, we'll see how it plays out, but you know, I, I saw a lot of discussion around that. That's basically a Hearthstone ability. Conjure is like kind of a thing that's in Hearthstone mm -hmm. and it's kind of hated in Hearthstone. And it, I, I was, I read a lot of things that people were saying about it and and so forth and i i think that people just don't like stuff that is just blatantly high variance um now like some some stuff that's high variance i think people enjoy if it's like all good so like the you know like the the freak that like you flip coins like 
Or what about yeah, rolling you... D20s? That's what we're doing currently with this set, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like some of that stuff I think is fine. Like it, you know, the the like the the modern horizons of freak that you flip five coins. Like, yeah, if you lose all five flips, it feels really bad. But for the most part, you're gonna flip and win some amount of them, and you're gonna get some amount of value from it, and it feels like pretty good. Uh, but with like conjure, it's just I, I feel like you know, it's like, oh, my opponent had to not hit dark ritual and i would have won but of course that was the card they drew you know like yeah i that kind of stuff or it's like fog three turns in a row where if i had gotten source of plowshares i would have won like i i feel like that's just the kind of thing that people don't enjoy and they just complain about a lot i don't know i I, i'm not like big on that mechanic i don't know how you guys well that but the benefit for me is that these i don't think these cards are competitive i think they're extremely casual and so people are opting into for that. Yeah. I think once once these cards become competitive, then you're forced to play with them, right? Like none none of the die rolling cards from the new set are in standard right now. And I don't even think they're in standard 2022. Mm-hmm. So like like I'm definitely all about those effects not becoming competitive. Yeah. Where people are forced to interact with that. But in the casual grand scheme of things, I think like random stuff like that is fine because if like I think the market will fix itself. If these if, if no one plays with these cards, they're going to stop doing them. Yeah. If they continue to play with them, uh, they might do more of them. Well, maybe. But there's also the nobody plays with this card. So we're not making them powerful enough. And then they make them very powerful. And they're incredibly unfun and make formats incredibly unfun. There's well, also that. But I don't but I don't think so. So what what I love about this is, like we talked about it, none of these cards can ever impact the actual formats where we're playing. We're going to go back to playing tabletop, our our big arena. Well, I guess our big arena tournaments could have them. They will have them. But like, um, like they can't affect those formats. And so they just all get dumped into this dumpster fire that's historic. It's like that that meme. It's like, you know, somebody... uh, I'm I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like, you know, some weird thing can't scare me or whatever. Have you seen those memes? No, I okay. I uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Corey, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no. You guys are so. Uh, you guys <laughs> need to up your meme game. I guess so. I I can't. I need. I wish. I need to have an actual example to explain it. Let's just look. Let's I've just I've taken. It. I've been taking ever since I've moved here. I'm not gonna lie. I've take. I've been taking. A big liking to some of the ways Corey, my younger brother, lives his life. And one of them is staying the fuck away from social media uh, <laughs> unless, like, you need to engage with it because it's a dumpster fire. Been telling you for years. I know. And I'm finally in. I, I barely spend any time on social media anymore. I make my posts. I, I respond to people that 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 message me and and I respond to, like, people in my discord and things like that. But I don't just scroll. I actually have muted so many people that. All I get is some just BBD memes like, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever BBD <coughs> does stuff, the content creators that I enjoy seeing content stuff by uh, some of our community members, I enjoy. And then politics stuff, news stuff. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, even that stuff I've been muting because it's, you know, it's like, like, let, let, let you know, it's just like, let the woman just not compete and, and fear for breaking her neck. Let's just, can we move on? Like she, like I yeah. don't know if you've yeah no the, the Olympic it. stuff yeah, oh yeah it. like I yeah it's hard to get a feed that you that 
gives you the information that you are interested in without the information that you're not interested in. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. True. Cause it's, it's like, also, it's, I like to follow like, <laughs> sorry, I like to follow sports, but it's like, I can't, I can't, you know, the sports accounts are so polarized. It's like, I, I, I want to get the information I'm after and I want to get like people's in- interesting opinions on things, but with interesting opinions also comes really bad takes all the time. So, <laughs> I don't know. yeah, like I was not laughing at you talking. I was laughing at, I was starting to chuckle at the fact that we're just digressing again. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Corey and I had a super focused episode and we said this was going to happen. Um, so we're good. We're all good. Um, but no, like I've just been realizing lately that like everything has to be a hot take machine these days. Cause there's so much content in every, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not just magic, but everywhere. And so everything's a hot take machine. And to do that, there has to be a lot of outrage. It's like, like, I don't understand. Like if it wasn't for money and marketing, every single person on this planet should be like, yeah, that young girl is afraid that she might hurt herself. Cool. (laughs) Like, that's fine. Don't do the thing. You know, you don't need to. Instead, it's like these people be like, this is for America, but we hate her. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I don't yeah, know. It's the, just, I don't know. It, it, it's so dumb. And then, like, you just can't have a not hot take. Everyone, it, it always must be a hot take. It must be an extreme take. Oh, like, the best content out there for anyone that wants some, something, though, is the American female rugby team on TikTok. Their fire go search for their content. I I'm tell I mean it like it is actually really good content. They're just having the time of their life out there. Like you heard about the Japanese sex beds, right? No, I didn't. The anti-sex beds. Oh, the cardboard beds or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so they did an entire video of like all the activities they can do on these beds before they, and they didn't actually break. And so they were doing all these weird things. And then at the end of the video, they're like, Okay, now we're going to have a three and then it cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. Like, even with the, the like Simone Biles stuff, like there was like they asked uh, the tennis guy Djokovic. Oh, God. Yeah. I heard about this. Yeah. So like they asked him about like his mental game and they like. So the question was about his own mental game and he answered about how he mentally approaches things. So the question was not at all about Simone Biles and he answered not about he answered for just for himself about himself. And then he had a complete mental breakdown like one day later where he was like mm-hmm. throwing rackets and destroying rackets and just like didn't even play his next match or whatever. Really? And that became. Yeah. And that became a big thing about how he was telling them about how to do their mental game and then had his own mental breakdown afterwards. And then that became its own hot take machine type stuff. And people were like, I don't know, that that got way out of control and completely out of context as well. And I'm not even trying to defend him because he was like losing his shit and not acting professionally. But it's like. Some of that stuff even just got way out of control beyond what it actually was. And I don't know. I kind of hate all of it. (laughs) Like, 
Oh yeah, the Onion said it best. Like uh, Americans outraged that Biles uh, quit, so they can no longer judge her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Onion is just the Onion is just what everyone wants to say but can't say. Like yeah, it is a genius like design. Just, it's just real news at this point, but because it's marketed as a joke, they can kind of just say what people want to say anyway. Yeah, that is true. It is. It is more real than not. It, it really is. It's it's literally it's just political satire. Yeah, it's it's just a it's just for the most part correct opinions on topics at this point like it's not even like jokes anymore well uh, now it's, it's all just tabloids too right things don't even have articles they're just titles i think so yeah yeah they do have some articles Sometimes, but most of the time yeah. it's just titles but anyway anyway let's go back to to conjure <laughs> let's conjure <laughs> up some content <laughs> uh where's Mangucci at is he still we still got him oh around? no Mangucci's gone He's Mangucci's gone. way gone one thing I do want to say about uh perpetual stuff is I think that has the chance to actually do broken stuff right like you know yeah. Just giving something perpetually lifelink. Maybe there's a thing when it deals damage and you gain life, you know, then something happens. Some combo piece is going to be found within this within this line of uh, direction that these cards have. I think that's the one thing that could just mess up historic is some weird combo with perpetual. Like even even Plague Crafters familiar um, just the one colorless black death touch when it enters, choose a creature card in your hand, it, get, it gains perpetual death touch, like that and Chain Whirler. You know, obviously that's not a busted combo or anything, but that's something cute that, you know, I don't know if it's intended that they do that, but weird stuff like that, I think, has the chance to be just something absolutely insane, obscene, oh, you know? Oh, yeah, so I... I oh, oh, go yeah. for it, Brian. Okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but yeah, like... One thing that I think is actually really cool about Perpetually is that there is combo potential mm -hmm. and in designs that like, you know, they, they didn't really go with. Like, yeah, an example is let's say there's a card in your deck that gains something while it's in your deck, yeah. you know, or whatever. And it's like I can design this combo deck and um, Every, like let's say like there's a card where it's like it gets it's a creature with haste or something a one one flyer yeah and it gets plus one plus one anytime a creature dies like this is just an example or something yeah um and, th and that card would be pr probably way too good or, or whatever but you can design this deck where you have this like sacrifice engine and do all these other things and then when you draw your combo piece you you win attack the game. for 20 basically yeah right yeah or attack for 30 or whatever yeah, yeah and and it's like it 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 is an interesting combo design space because unlike traditional combo decks where you must you generally have to execute your combo over the course of a turn and sometimes it involves setting up beforehand with stuff but those setup cards often have to re remain in play or yeah. you know yeah. around and then you do your combo over the course of a turn perpetually has the space where you could have a combo deck that operates over the course of an entire game. Mm -hmm. And then you can draw the finishing piece at a later point And every combo action that you've taken earlier in the game 
still contributes toward it, which I yeah. think is a cool design space. Yeah, I think oh, I think that's, yeah. you know, there's plenty of space for that kind of stuff. Or even like Seek, like Seek an elf card, be like, all right, this that you only put one creature in your deck and it's a shapeshifter, you know, so you're seeking something different. You put a mask into play that makes all the creatures in your deck all types. So it's like seeking, you know, so you can kind of gauge it and direct it how you're seeking a specific creature. I think, you know, there's ways to abuse that kind of thing. I I, I don't think any of the cards as designed, um, as they're designed to just like play an elf deck and you seek an elf card, those aren't going to be good. Those are casual. But if you find these backdoor ways to seek something else that's really powerful, I think those are the design spaces where these decks could just be, these cards could be broken in historic. Oh, maybe. And yeah. and if they are broken, like I, I honestly, like I, I don't have that same fire. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts lately and I read a lot of articles and a lot of people are talking about, you know, there's mixed feelings about, you know, what they're doing, like is a, is, is arena now just going to be historic and like with historic, the format, I don't care. They're not going to do the stuff to tabletop because they, it's, it'll create a mess to formats like standard. It's always going to be historic. And if something's broken, they can ban it. Mm-hmm. I actually want them to do gross things in this format and then just own up to it. Like the only thing I've been mad about in the last month was, I think, just their like half-hearted reason for banning Brainstorm. Like that little statement I thought was half-hearted. It, it felt like they should just be honest. being like, we wanted to try to put something cool in the format and it was kind of too good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and and I want them to do this. So I, I want these cards to be cool. I like that this could be fun and have some cool abilities. Um, Historic is never a format that I'm going to want to take seriously unless I have to take it seriously. Yeah. And And, and I imagine for that MPL Rivals gauntlet with all these new cards, teams are going to be looking into these weird busted things to do with these cards, you know? Because if you break it, you get rewarded. You get rewarded, but with a lot of money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And and that's one downside for me is that like, I mean, right now, I mean, I like our team, but we do not have a lot of the 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 crazy thinkers so if any of you out there have crazy decks that actually do broken things send them my way i'm gonna need your help for the gauntlet yeah or even like i'm a crazy thinker but i don't (laughs) think it's in the way that you're intending so no not not at all in the way that i'm intending or even i'm like looking at i'm just looking at one more card i'm looking at like faceless agent you know it's a changeling where it enters you seek a creature with the most prevalent creature type in your library like what if you're just do things with Thassa's Oracle this and you demonic pact and flip over your deck and then you search for Thassa's Oracle, you know, beforehand and combo with that. Like I, I see more applications like that than just a creature deck that shares creature types, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, then that probably is well, but, but if you seek it, Oh yeah. Seek actually goes through your deck. I think so. Right. So if you only play faithless agent and Thassa's Oracle, does it, maybe hit faithless agent or will it always hit thassa's oracle like who knows i don't, I don't know i don't know for sure how it well works. it's a shapeshifter right so it'll go random so it could hit itself yeah 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 so i'm just gonna throw this out there there needs to be a some sort of red combo deck that uses seek that's called heat seeking <laughs> and or there needs to be a 
control deck that uses seek to find removal spells. It's called seek and destroy. I'm just thinking of deck names here. Very it's, nice. These are, just, Very these are nice. important things that need to happen. You are a crazy thinker. You're right. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Yeah, Brad, Brad doesn't see the vision, but... You know. I'm literally yawning. <laughs> like, actually yawning. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I don't really know, like, where to really take I just don't have a good opinion on this set yet because, and and maybe it's just a, I'm not even jaded. I don't think I'm jaded. It's just that historic, maybe it is that I'm jaded, but like historic has just proven to me that like it, it's kind of a money sink. It's, it's going to get constantly shaken up all the time. It's not really respected. I don't think it's a tested format from, from, from wizards like them adding brains to the format clearly shows that they're not putting that much thought and care into the format and i mean if you look at these and cards they literally can't test them right because you can't design these cards early well you no know? well no they they can they can they probably have a program to play the sign uh, i don't know about that i don't think this is actually possible to test i have no idea they they maybe have a way yeah. i mean why not what they could have a version of arena there yeah that's true that's true that they just uh, a yeah, beta, they a just beta version these, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they just point, have an point. internal version of arena that they put these cards yep. in and get them programmed in and that could have happened i'm not saying it did um but yeah like but also they've they've just shown that it doesn't matter right if historic is fucked up for a couple of weeks they'll just fix it mm-hmm. you know and and you know I, I don't know like i just think historic is this thing that like not a lot of love and care has been put into. So that's how I feel about it. And, you know, like it's just, it just seems kind of like a cash cow. Just in, in that just every format. Maybe, but like, but all the other formats still have their rules. Right. But well, actually that's not true. Modern, modern and legacy. Yeah. All these eternal masters and all that. Yeah. And now they're all just cash cows. Standard's really the only one, but Standard's also tainted because there's a ten times more legendary creatures now because of Commander. I kind of feel like Limited is like the last bastion of formats where they actually like put loving care into making a good format. I, maybe I'm J- do, maybe do you I'm, know Jump? Do you know Jumpstart is a limited format, right? Is it? Yeah. So how Jumpstart oh, works is sense. each there's a bunch of different decks and or packs like a human pack and a spirit pack and a madness pack and you select two of them and you shuffle them together and you play your opponent. Hmm. That's, that's how jumpstart works. Okay. I was, um, I saw the little, like little, like mini jumpstart decks and I wasn't sure what that was. Yeah. That makes sense. They're, they're, yeah. And the, those are percentage of each card and what there'll be in the, these packs. But yeah. So you usually, you just shuffle two packs together and you play someone. Amber and I did it. Um, it, it was just completely lopsided because Amber's rare. I had no answer to because I had a 30 card deck, you know, and she just demolished me with it. Um, It was kind of cool. Like the novelty wore off instantly after one game, but uh, it, it, it was kind of interesting. And I think I think Jumpstart had a huge home run on Arena. And I think that's why they made this set because mm-hmm. um, people played a lot. And on Arena, if you play it, it's not that bad. So you join a Jumpstart whatever you buy your two packs with gems or coins or whatever and then you can play until you get your two wins and then at that point you get like two rares from the set okay but and and you could lose as much as you want or you can resign but you 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 never like lose out and have to rebuy you'll always get your two wins with your deck 
if it might take you a long time if you have bad packs um but you can just grind it but it's time consuming like if you tried to get all the cards out of this through gaming i mean i don't think it's actually possible at some point you'll have to uh open open the old uh wild card bank and start crafting oh yeah for <laughs> sure i wonder when they're finally gonna let us dust never i i don't know it's it's yeah that would be bad. that would be valuable the economy is, is bad like it's it's really bad like just to know the fact that you can have up to up to eight of each temple right now or of a lot of them and that there's just no recourse for that. It's like, I have eight of a card that I can literally only ever use for. Yeah. That's the only thing that really drives me crazy with it. You know, it's just having two different designs of fabled passage and there's not an option to just only have four. I, I never want to have eight of that card. It's literally pointless. That's the only yeah. thing that and really drives me crazy. about. And, the then it, and, then it, and it always reminds you. Cause when you import, it's like two temple of, I always get the two black green temples, one black green temple. And I'm like, why yeah (laughs) arena yeah i'd like to even just remove them from my account at that point you know but of course i'd like some value with it but yeah i I hate that i i also don't like the i'm short four mythic wild cards to to it's like oh there's a new mythic rare that will slot into my already built already existing deck and i am i don't have any mythic wild cards and now i must open $80 $80 worth of packs to get four mythic wild cards. It's like, come on. Like I have, you know, like a hundred rare wild cards, 9 million uncommon wild cards, <laughs> yeah. 900 billion common. You know, it's like, I can, can I like transfer some of those? Yeah. Can I turn four rare wild cards into a mythic, please? Like no soup for you. Uh, it, 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 it's just frustrating. It's like, I'm just going to accumulate so much more of these resources that I don't need. I'm opening packs just so that little like wheel at the top can spin to the mythic time. Yeah, I don't know. It, it feels so demoralizing to do that. Like, yeah, it's it's. But that's yeah, magic. Uh, honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I I, I didn't want to feel this way, but I just I don't think magic is being designed for consumers like us anymore. No, which is weird because we are, and we're just like the. You know, like we just have to play like they literally said, play out, play out your last year of competitive tournaments. But you mean nothing to us, <laughs> you know, like we're giving you a year, which is great. I agree. I love it. You know that they're they're going to pay us out for another year. But yeah, like there, it doesn't feel like there's a home. I mean, I'm creating my home in the game and that's as a content creator. But as a competitive player, I I don't know where I'm, you know. Yeah, I mean, ca- casual magic's just the the future of the game. Exactly. Yeah, like even, we're not supposed to want every single card. You can even see it on like social media. Like, I I think Magic pros like generally are not very well liked on social media by like the casual community, and probably for very good reason. Like, <laughs> I I don't know. Like, I, I I don't fault that. Like, I but just I'll, you know, like I'll see a thread that's you know, talking about magic and there's often people just making, you know, disparaging comments towards magic pros. And it's like, I can't fault them for feeling that way. Like I I feel like for a very long period of time, magic pros were kind of entitled and probably very annoying about their opinions on things for people who played the game, not competitively like we did. So, Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's not even, that's just, 
that's a hundred percent it. There was, I saw so many takes from people that were effectively, I'm a pro, so I'm smart. And therefore you're not as smart as me. And therefore I'm right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But also other content creators that aren't pros also said some stupid shit. We all said some stupid shit. <laughs> oh, like, for, for sure. We, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the only way to not say stupid shit on social media is to just not it's say to, anything at all. <laughs> or to promote that I'll be streaming at 5 p.m. tonight. <laughs> yeah, that is the other way, too. Um, but yeah, I think actually, speaking of which, I do have a stream in an hour. So I say we wrap up our historic take, <laughs> our hot, hot takes on Jumpstart. I don't know if I would horizon. call this historic. I mean, will this episode stand the test of time? Probably not. Will any episode stand the test of times? <laughs> I think, I think our, I think our, uh, the one where we did the, the lore episode, that's my favorite still. Yeah, that one. That one probably doesn't stand the test of time, but in our memories, no, no. it does. So. <laughs> That's all that matters, really. Yeah. Not a lot of content does stand the test of times, to be fair. All right. Y'all ready for the cast and crew? Hell yeah. Let's do it. All right, everyone. The cast and crew is a group of fine young men and women that... Uh, uh, subscribe to us on the Patreon for a certain tier. If you want to join us, you can go to patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast. And starting off, we have Tosilo. And uh, Tosilo is one of our good <laughs> friends of the podcast. And we accidentally fired him six weeks ago, but he still shows up every day here. So, you know, we're going to need you to go talk to HR, which is just our Discord chat, of course, and uh, reapply for a job and uh, let us know what you'd like to do, uh, buddy. Yeah, um, no, full, we're going to go full transparency because <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Um, earlier today, we were we were fixing uh, the Casacura at the beginning of each month. We we do that. And um, we were like, wow, we're one short. Like, we have one less on the list than we should. And we're like, wow, is it not Tassila? Tassila has been here since day one, one of our biggest supporters yeah. in our Twitch streams, in our discords. And, and we're like, oh, yeah, we just took him off on accident. Yeah, we must like, have actually oops. deleted it. We were deleting someone else. And uh, yeah, so to CeeLo, we need, a, we need a new job from you, buddy. Or you can have your old one, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, we, we just office-spaced him. We yeah, fired we, him. Yeah. We didn't tell him that we fired him. He still up. showing up. He, to showing up. Up. he hasn't got he hasn't got his check in, in six weeks. <laughs> like, you know, still doing his work. Beautiful. Yeah, oh, just absurd. Impressive. All right. Next up, we got Adam, who is BBD's personal hype man. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, of the three of us that actually could use a hype man, I think Brian is that. Yeah. Did uh, <laughs> your girlfriend's parents appreciate just somebody standing behind you yelling at the lake the whole time? Or was that not cool? It was uh, it was not cool. OK, yeah, was... fair enough. Yeah, just <laughs> everyone's quiet. And he's just like. Yeah, totally uncomfortable. Woo! <laughs> Pass those mashed potatoes. That, that tub is hot. <laughs> All right, we got Brandon. That is our official spokesperson, a.k.a. our scapegoat. So when we inevitably say something that is horrible, um... Or our unethical business practices here at the BBP become publicly revealed. Yeah, lots Brandon of Brandon is the person who 
was responsible for that department or will be issuing our official statement. Dude, the things that have been in the media so lately are so bad that I don't even want to make jokes about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's like the fair. worst it That's could possibly fair. be. No, I'm not saying for you to not make them. I'm just saying, like, I try to follow up and I'm just thinking that, like, my brain's racking. I'm like, oh, I can't go there. I can't go there. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, <laughs> that company is garbage. Speaking You're of garbage companies. Blizzard. <laughs> yes, I am talking about Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Every time I read something more about that, it's just worse and worse. Oh, like, it's terrible. Even just it's down terrible. to the people who run the company. It's just a bunch of, like. It's a Trump supporter, I think. Yeah. And it's just a bunch of like war criminals. And I'm not even joking. Like it's yeah. literally their 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 board is just war criminals. It's so Jesus. bad. Like it's bad. Unreal. And Court, where you were going was correct, speaking of which. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My segue was gonna be perfect, but I got interrupted. Yeah. Speaking Sorry. of heinous companies, we got Steve up next, and that is Brad's moving <laughs> truck driver. So once again, uh Brad, how's your stuff? Do you, is it all situated in your house or steve i i i I don't know what i did to you but please please come to my house with my stuff (laughs) you heard him steve my fiance my my fiance is starting to get more aggressive (laughs) with without her stuff and my back hurts because of this chair um i want my micro i want my computer set up please steve please steve come come home baby come on try again next week steve good work good work we fired steve six weeks ago (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh my god i can't believe it's already been two weeks and i still haven't heard from them i mean i call them and they're like we'll call you when you're routed <laughs> and they have they technically have that's five uh they have until the 10th to get it to us or they'll be in breach Ooh. or no, and then they'll do no, nothing they about the it 17th they have until the 17th and then they'll do nothing about it if they are in breach so <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. It's oh no, it is the tenth. No, why am I doing math wrong? Sorry for doing this. I this is stupid. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's the seventeenth. And now it's okay, time anyway, to do it again. Anyway, anyway, we've got we've got uh, <laughs> DJ who is our official copycat. Let's hear that math again, then, Brad. DJ yeah, will help you out. <laughs> All right, so it is it is the seven. It is the is it the seven? Is it no? Okay, so it's it's the twentieth. That's five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Yeah, they they have until the eighteenth actually to get it to me. Good okay. work, DJ. It's, Good work. It's about time. Steve's got Steve's got his work cut out for him, but yeah. he's got some time. Yeah. All right, we got Bino Gatista, and uh, so Bino, I guess, was on the uh, the lake trip with me. Mm-hmm. And that's why he wasn't available last week. He's still there. Yeah. So wow. He just stayed. Yeah, he stayed. Um, he's actually now part of the family. Um, but it's, it's, you I, are closer to him than you are. You are yeah. as well, right? They sent me home, but oh. they told Bino he was welcome to stay. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but he's still there. So ooh, awkward. Yeah, that's what that's what your yeah. hype man's for. Is just supposed to be behind you, just. next up we got us rudy and that is our business analyst whenever we need some business to be analyzed you know s rudy is always there with the numbers number number two specifically where was s rudy about 
45 seconds ago. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No <laughs> different department. Different department. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, then we've got Inside Esports, who is our official esports event organizer, MTG Melee. They just wrapped up their summer series. They're, they're revving up to get into their fall series. So take a look at MTG Melee. Uh, at all of Inside Esports uh, tournaments. And if you follow their organization, when their tournaments start up again, you'll get an email each week detailing all of them. Yeah, sweet series too. Check it out. I I did terribly the, in this uh, summer series, but they're, they're always fun. Mm-hmm. All right, we got WAPA, and that is Brad's a personal barista and dog walker. Multifaceted job there. Mm-hmm. Yes, very nice work. Next up, we got Adhab, and that is our ghostwriter. Uh, anything that you didn't like about Jumpstart, it's actually all Adham that has been uh, talking about all this stuff. Actually designed Jumpstart himself. So, uh, yeah, Adham is taking all the slack if you don't like it. And Shaheen Sarani, of course. Has taken over Slack? Really? Yeah, he did Slack, wow. too. He, that's, he, a big, that's a big consumption. Very good that's, writer, that's yeah. Loves ghosts. Was it... I think it was Slack. One of those companies had a logo change recently and their logo was like really, really bad. <laughs> and I saw a Twitter, a tweet that was like, there are two rules for making a logo, no swastikas and no dicks. And somehow they did both. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my God. I, it is slack. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. You're right. I didn't think about it. Oh my God! I'm looking at it now. You're right, Jesus. Good job, Slack. <laughs> no take, and they did. <laughs> I it was just like a, the perfect tweet. Jesus, right. that is that is That's too unreal. <laughs> All right, we got David Watt, and that is the perfect role. The special guest screener does a does a wonderful job. Everyone in the Bash Bros podcast is happy with the decisions that David makes. Yeah, Th that is true. And then after that, we've got Paul Kath. Was that someone going to go get a That's can? That's what I thought, but it wasn't me. It sounded it sounded like a Brian was yeah. getting very fast. Brian might have left the left. There we go. Yusuke. <laughs> oh, yeah. BBD's wall staring photographer. Yeah. How did you, your girlfriend's parents feel about somebody also just taking pictures of you while staring at walls? I bet this was an interesting crew that you brought to this lake, Gavin. Yeah, my the entourage was, was a, a motley <laughs> can I crew. Go back, can I go back to a joke that I was trying to get out, but then we moved on too oh. fast about your hype, oh, man? Oh, please do. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, because I was just going to also add in one that was just like, he can't get any quieter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is, that's real good. Wow, during uh, dinner? That's a bold choice. Ba -ba -boom. <laughs> Next up, we got Phil. And you know what? Phil, I think, was also at that uh, beach house. Uh, just really just making sure everything was going well there, making sure everything was structurally ready out there, and, you know, making sure the water was, was still there and stuff. So Phil did some good stuff. So he works for the water company? I don't uh, <laughs> Actually, I'm not sure what Phil really does. I'm not going to lie. Lake, fish and, fish and lake or lake and forest? What yeah, is that? Yeah. yeah. The, the wildlife, <laughs> uh, Washington wildlife. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Next up is Sultan Abbasi, who is our designated mana dork. And I don't know how much mana has been going around, but I do think all three of us are dorks for this episode. Yeah, that's yes. true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, we got Eric Nall. That is the head of health and safety. Oh, that's go- oh, that's so good, Eric. I need you to take a look at this like bump on my back. Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe and maybe get Steve here to bring your chair, and that might help that bump as well. Oh yeah. my God! Don't talk about my chair. I'm start. I'm starting to like fantasize about it. <laughs> well, just having just having wet dreams about your chair when you go to bed. Well, not sexually. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking fantasizing about it like, like i'm like thinking about sitting in no 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 i didn't mean that at all i meant you have a dream and you're just talking about your chair in your sleep and then amber threw water on you to wake you up what what did you mean <laughs> is this, oh, okay is this still we're still on the the water like is this still yeah. under phil's purview i'm not i'm confused so next up we got garamaldi who is also confused because he hasn't seen any business in this merch store that we have uh does a lot of work managing it but so far no traffic uh he's wondering if he even put up the website or or what so yeah lie that yeah. is a lie yeah. we had a member wearing our bash for his podcast shirt to a tournament that's true gp lanowar gp lanowar my buddy that was awesome baumeister all right i take it back well yeah i mean i i didn't actually see that um are they just somebody from the cast and crew who got a their 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 monthly shirt i'm not no 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 he was in my chat and uh in my stream and said you know what i'm gonna buy a A shirt right now yeah, he 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 straight Whoa. bought it. So GP Lanoir, huge shout out. Oh yeah. Thank you, GP Lanoir. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Patrick, who is our office party coordinator. And I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say nothing, but I, I hear a party is coming. I've been, yeah. I, I get my first housewarming party when Jim Davis is visiting next week. So Patrick, we need help. We need help. Is it- <laughs> Is it a housewarming party because your eight facts going out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Impressive. Impressive. How dare you? <laughs> Look who just got himself in- uninvited from the party. Brian, would you like to take a spot? I would <laughs> love to take the spot. Thank All you right. very much. All right. We got Victor, and that is uh, Brad's first place trophy holder. Will Victor be adding a new one to the mantle on September 3rd? Who knows? Stay tuned. I mean, I have a one-third chance. I mean, maybe less but uh, or more. I don't know. But, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to go to Worlds, of course. But still, just being in the top eight, making the top eight of that tournament means that you are in the MPL, and I'll take 15, 15 extra K. Yeah, that sounds great. That's about 65K of equity, at least, uh, riding on that. Oh Way yeah, more, that that actually, right? that, yeah, that yeah, tournament, that tournament has so wild. much equity. Yeah, and um, make sure before you do that tournament to check out Doctor Unks. That's our resident proctologist. Make sure you're as light as a feather by the time that tournament comes around, and uh, make sure that you're cleaned out. Normally specializes on BBD, but you know works on all the cast and crew as well. Well, if if there's a day that I should get cleaned out, it probably is today because tomorrow I have taken your suggestion, and Amber and I are getting couples massages. Oh, good call. So I'm not going to go hang out with Dr. Unks after that relaxing experience. You can do it while you're getting the massage, actually. Dr. Unks does oh, all kinds God. of stuff. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Unks is versatile. Very versatile, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rain or shine, I'm getting in there. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that that's the show, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Bash Rose Podcast. Again, if you would like to listen to each uh, each week's pre-show, you can join us at patreon.com slash bachelor's podcast. The $5 tier will get you access to our entire episodes. Um, 
the pre-show is where we set everything up and hang out a little bit. As we well create as, bad jokes uh, as well. That's very important. I mean, that's the show, too. Like, we give away that. No, we, like, we execute <laughs> the jokes on the show. We create them behind the scenes. It's it's some some real nice bonus content. That is true. <laughs> oh, man. And in our bonus content, we were going to bring up the fact that all three of our significant others watched Twilight last week. But we'll do it next week. I don't think our significant others did it. It was just Brian who watched it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's our significant others, and then just Brian went deep on Twilight. So, yeah. Still uh, it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was, it was forced education on Twilight. Impressive. All right, Impressive. Well, y'all have a good one. Bye-bye.